You're listening to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. I'm Gandalf. I'm Matt. And I'm Nathan Van Horn. The Bible is the most read book ever, but to some, it is merely fiction. Join our conversations as we connect the dots to reveal that the story of the Bible is not only true, it's better than fiction. To learn more about the show or to contact us directly, visit us online at www.betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. Welcome back, faithful listeners, to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Nathan Van Horn, and with me, as usual, but not as always, is the Reverend Matt Powell. Hey, everybody. Hey, did I? Is that have we mentioned your last name before? Oh, I don't know, but it's listed on the podcast. Oh, okay, so okay. I so, sometimes I think I'm the only one who will be identity thefted. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, this is our third in a trilogy of episodes that is sans Gandalf. Um, and yeah. so we miss him. We're ready for him to be back. Uh, but a wizard of his caliber is needed in many missions. Yes. Um, so, but he's, even when he's not with us in body, he's with us in spirit because he's still coming behind and editing and publishing these episodes after we record them. Um, so I asked Matt if I could, uh, steer the ship today just to make sure that we're moving forward in the text and not backward again. (laughs) Uh, Last week, we looked at Genesis 13 and what Sodom is and what Sodom represents. And so we're ready to get into the Sodom uh, and Gomorrah story in earnest today, right? Mm -hmm. And so, hey, why don't you remind us before I read of the two things uh, that Sodom or the Garden of Eden has and that Sodom was all about one. So we can have that in our brains. When yeah. I so um, in Eden, you see this perfect balance. You see this life-giving place, this self-sustaining garden that has things for consumption, but also things for admiration. And things go wrong in Eden when God, uh, when they took something that God intended for one, the tree of knowledge of good and evil was intended to be looked at, but not touched or eaten from. Uh, because those end up being one and the same. Um, and they they consumed from that, right? Hmm. Uh, and so Babel's like a perversion of what Eden was. It's a fake Eden, and it it sustains itself by or cons- Sodom. Uh, I keep saying battle. Sodom. Yeah, it's probably uh, true of Babel too. Yeah, Babel too. Uh, but Sodom sustains itself by consuming other things. Um, uh, Sodom is all about consumption and consuming. And if, if you catch that uh, in the, you know, in the biblical flow, it really helps you appreciate, uh, what's going on in this story. And again, uh, last week with the Genesis 13, uh, when Sodom, uh, enters the biblical story, it not only looks back toward Eden, it also looks forward towards Egypt. So we'll talk, we'll talk about that a little bit more today. Yeah. So Nathan, one of the stories and movies, I think we've mentioned it before, but one of my favorite trilogies of all time is the Back to the Future trilogy. And in in part number two, perhaps you remember the Biff character. He gets the sportsman's almanac and he yeah. has all these scores. He goes back in time and he wins all these bets and he has all this money so he can live a life of, of decadence and he can live like, and do whatever he wants, you know, he gets the girl he wants, he, you know, gets the the place he wants, you know, renames the town, like all those things. But in doing so, 
he makes the whole world around him a slum. Yeah. Like, so when I think about Sodom, I, I think about I, I of Biffland. I can't remember what it's called, but you know, uh, well, it's, it's kind of the, like the old, uh, you know, the old, old moral philosophical question. If you had a, if you had a magic lamp and could make three wishes, uh, would the world be a better place or just your world? Mm, that's good. So anyway, reading today, you want me to read through what verse? Yeah. So today, uh, if you will, Reverend Powell, read for us Genesis 19, 1 through 11. All right. You got it. So as always from the ESV, the two angels came to Sodom in the evening and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them and bowed himself with his face to the earth and said, My lords, please turn aside to your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you may rise up early and go on your way. They said, No, we will spend the night in the town square. But he pressed them strongly. Don't do so it. Yeah. So they turned aside to him and entered his house, and he made them a feast and baked unleavened bread, and they ate. But before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both young and old, so intergenerational, interesting, all the people to the last man surrounded the house, and they called to Lot, where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may know them. Yeah. Lot went out to the men at the entrance, shut the door after him and said, I beg you, my brothers, do not act so wickedly. Behold, I have two daughters who have not known any man. Let me bring them out to you and do to them as you please. Uh, literally, uh, what does that mean? Remind us, Nathan. Literally in the Hebrew, what is good in your eyes. Right. Very Genesis 3 there. Right. Only do nothing to these men, for they have come under the shelter of my roof. But they said, stand back. And they said, this fellow came to sojourn, and he has become the judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. Then they pressed hard against the man Lot and drew near to break the door down. But the men reached out their hands and brought Lot into the house with them and shut the door. And they struck, struck with blindness the men who were at the entrance of the house, both small and great, so that they wore themselves out groping for the door. Man, talk about desperation. So anyway, and depravity. Yeah, no kidding. My goodness. Uh, so anyway, uh, by the way, I love, and uh, we're not going there today, the, the groping at the door thing. I know we'll come back to this, but mm -hmm. I love uh, essentially coming full circle from Genesis 3. In Genesis 3, something was off limits for consumption. So he made mm -hmm. them see it differently, right? Mm -hmm. And right. here in Genesis 19 with Babel, 
even when they can't see it, they still have to have it. I mean, with Sodom, mm. I keep saying Babel for Sodom, even when they can't right. see it, they still I know have what to you have meant. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. man. Yeah. What, what a so, great place to live. <laughs> Lot is the place, uh, available, uh, next to you available. Right. Right. So to talk about in this episode, cause we're going to look at this passage for several weeks. Surprise. Here's what I want to start out, Nathan, is the last time we saw Lot, we saw it last week in Genesis 13, he had pitched his tent in the region, in the areas of the city toward Sodom. Now, what's taking place in Genesis 19.1? He's, man, he's not only inside the city, he's in a position of prominence. Sitting at the gate where the elders of the city would sit. Yeah. So he... He is full, and also, this reveals he is no longer dwelling in a tent. Yeah, he's he has purchased a house. He's part of the or, city. Yeah, he is invested in Sodom. His lot is cast. <laughs> yeah, no. That un- <laughs> okay. Here's my question: Was it wrong for Lot to live in Sodom? Who? <sighs> Uh, that's a, that's, that's a, that's an interesting question, right? Um, on the one hand, he's not explicitly chastised for settling there that I can think of. Can you? Mm-mm. Yeah. So on the one hand, there's no, uh, he's not reproved for where he has settled. He's not reproved for, but man, even if it's not wrong, boy, is it dangerous, Right. Um, and it, it's, it's kind of like the um, uh, some of the things we tell our kids not to do, um, we tell them because of what doing that could do to them. <laughs> right. Uh, and and man, when I when I see the lot story, that's what it feels like. And again, this is why the episode going back to Genesis thirteen was important because this is not only looking back to e- uh, Eden; it's looking forward to Egypt. Right. Um, so uh, what do you got? Well, it's just, I think, the same thing. Because it, it, I think about New Testament passages that, you know, Jesus says we're in the world, but not of the world. I I can think about First uh, John talking about the lust of flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Like, you cannot not live in this world. It, it is not possible to not live in this world. Uh, so I don't see anywhere like you that Lot is chastised or corrected for living in Sodom. However, I think the lesson here is plain is that if you make your home in a wicked city, in a place like Sodom, you and your family are not getting out of there unscathed. Yeah, and, and there's kind of that like, you know, um like when when the ship goes down and it it there's this area of effect that wants to suck you down with the ship in other right. words you don't have to be on the ship to go down with the ship there's there's mm. a gravitas and a lot of times we tell ourselves man I'll I'll go near it but I won't go in it and then suddenly hey how do I get here with the city elders <laughs> right right that 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 to me is this this warning that's involved with the lot story because even when he is able to disentangle himself from it we will see with his wife and with his daughters 
they take a little bit of Sodom with them. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so I don't know. Uh, and, and again, this is important. You know, we said looking forward to Egypt uh, in Genesis 13. Why is that there in the text? This whole component of reading Genesis while you're living the Exodus. What's one of the struggles that Israelites have? God has just set them free and precisely over the issue of the food they consume. Some hmm. of them saying, man, we had it way better than this, dot, 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 back in Egypt. Back, back in Egypt. And yeah. Lot's, Lot's wife in this passage kind of becomes this thing, be careful about looking back, and you wouldn't struggle looking back if you had not lived in, and you would not have struggled living in if you had not camped by, right? Right. Um, so it's just, man, there's, there's just that, that warning component of, uh, we were joking before we recorded, um, you have so many, it's a very popular uh, template for storytelling. This person who goes and lives by a different culture and over the course of the story or the movie, they become assimilated into that culture. So this mm -hmm. is Dances with Wolves uh, with Kevin Costner, right. Lieutenant John Dunbar. And over the course of the movie, he uh, is assimilated into, I, I think they're Sioux Indians. Is that right? I believe so. Yeah. So he's, he's, he's incorporated into this uh, tribe of, Na I say Indians, Native Americans. I'm sorry. Um, but he's, he's incorporated into this tribe of Native Americans. And by the or, end, he identifies yeah. more with that identity than the identity he started the movie with as, as you know, uh, a, um, a a union or or post civil war American officer. Uh, you have mm. Dances with Wolves in Japan, The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise, where at the beginning he's a post Confederate, uh, uh, he's a post civil war uh, union officer, and by the end of the movie he identifies fully as a samurai. Right. Um. Uh. But imagine that basic plot line going horribly wrong, where instead of um, instead of Lieutenant John Dunbar, uh, becoming a, uh, you know, fully incorporated into these people who utilize the Buffalo, but don't consume them for sport and their pelts. Imagine him turning all the Sioux into consumers, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, this, this is, this is what's, this is what Sodom does. It's, it's not that it, it makes you something you needed to become. It's, it's, it makes you something you told yourself you would never be. Um, right. And again, even though Lot does not fully hand himself over that, Lot is the only person in town who shows these people hospitality. We'll come back to that. Uh, it, it's so interesting. Again, remember in Genesis 18, Abraham is pleading on behalf of the city. God, if I can find 50, 45, 40, 30, 20. God, if I can find 10. I think it's so interesting that you captured the intergenerational thing the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both young and old, all the people to the very last man surrounded mm. the house. There, there are no righteous people in Sodom punished by mistake. <laughs> yeah, it's, so it's interesting, too, that it, it's very Genesis 6-like of how wicked the world had become and how violent the world had become, mm. is that... Uh, and it also tells you something about if the young and the old are involved in this kind of misbehavior, if 
and of just seeing everything as consumption, that means that it was an entire culture that had it would it was it had it had turned its sights on even the education of the young towards only seeing everything as consumption. This is how like, we bring them in, up. Yeah. Yeah, this is how we bring them up. It was totally per- pervasive in the culture, which it, that that's interesting to me that the whole young and old concept there that it doesn't uh say, well, you know, these are the older men, but you know, the, the younger men protested. No, this is intergenerational. Um and th- this is the place where lots trying to raise a family. Yeah. He's trying to, he's, you know, which it, you know, we do find out later in the story that but he has man, the Wi-Fi speeds were incredible. Yeah. <coughs> uh, but, and again, you see, you know, we've talked about, you see so many things. Uh, we, we could exhaust uh, the imagination of our listeners by laying out every single one. You see so many ways of wording things that are meant to point you back and forward. You know, the people surround the house. Um, mm-hmm. uh, this is. The, this is the anti version of the camp, the people of Israel camping around the tabernacle. Um, oh, yeah, but Nathan, even before that, um, look at back in 19.1, take a look at the Hebrew. I, I looked at this last week. In verse number one, the word arrived, Bo in the Hebrew. Yes. Came. Okay. It's also, no, it's also found in Genesis 6.4. The same word when the sons of God went into the daughters of man. Mm. Yeah. And so, so you've got that it, language. You've got the language of seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got uh, the language. I, I had one in mind specifically. Uh, I'm trying to remember what that was now. Um, but here's, here, I want to clarify something real quick. It's saying the two angels, and it's using the same word for the angels of God or the sons of God that went into the daughters of man. Why is this using the same word here? Well, these two angels, it's almost hearkening you back to, Hey, the last time there was an encounter between angels and men, things went terribly um, wrong. Things went terribly wrong. Now these angels are not coming to take, they're coming to inspect on behalf of heaven. Right around um, this time, James Taylor in the background of the episode starts playing, I've seen fire and I've seen rain. Uh, <laughs> sorry. That's right. But so there's there's just a lot of hints here that are being dropped that not only is this a wicked place. Oh, yeah. I mean, check it out. Lot went in. Uh, Locke went out the men at the entrance, shut the door after him. What does that make you think of? Knowing the ark, <laughs> right? You, you see what I'm saying? There's so there's so much language in this passage. I had a specific example in mind earlier, but my ADHD brain didn't hold on to it. But there's so much of that language if you just parse it out. That's looking back at what we've already seen and tells us settling here and settling near here were terribly, terribly bad ideas that were only going to get worse. Hmm. Um, so. What was it wrong? I don't know, but it certainly wasn't wise. Mm. Um, yeah. So is is it possible to live in Sodom and not partake in the you know the misbehavior, the sins of Sodom? Well, yeah, because as far as we can tell, Lot didn't. 
but it's not possible to live in Sodom and not have Sodom affect you. Yeah, this is the uh, the Shawshank Redemption where Andy Dufresne uh, is reflecting on the irony. He says, you know, when I was on the outside, I was clean as a whistle. He said, I had to come to Shawshank to become a prisoner. I mean, mm. to, to become a criminal. It's, it's right. what the place does to him while he's there um, that makes him something he wasn't before he got there. Mm. Uh, and again, whether or not, whether or not Lot is affected, we'll, we'll still have to parse out uh, interpretations of Lot seemingly offering his, his daughters to these men, what's going on there. Um, to what, to what extent is Lot and, and where do his daughters get some of the ideas that they'll do later in the passage? Uh, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you don't, you don't live by Sodom without being drawn to Sodom and you don't live in Sodom without being affected by the city. Right. So as a means of rounding out this episode to close it out is that, well, what if you have no choice, but to live in Sodom? What if the world has become so corrupt and evil that, or you're like a Daniel figure you can't not live in Babylon. Like <laughs> you've been exiled there. You have no choice. Like there's no way of getting out of this. Like And therein lies Daniel one. The first decision Daniel makes is I don't want to eat these people's food. <laughs> right. I don't want to consume <laughs> I don't want to consume their stuff. It might end up consuming me. Uh so one of the things that Genesis nineteen gives evidence of is what's the first thing that Lot does? It feeds them. He bows himself to the earth, acknowledges them, and feeds them, and washes their feet. He does exactly what Abraham does. So it's interesting. Abraham is not his father. It's his uncle. But it's the heritage of faith from his uncle that is preserving him even um, in this wicked, wicked place. Well, and you know, and you, you asked the question, uh, what if you find yourself in the city? I, mm-hmm. I love this. We've talked about looking forward to Exodus, uh, but he pressed them strongly. So they turned aside to him and entered his house and he made them a feast and baked unleavened bread and they ate. What's so interesting about that is, uh, what, what do we have for the very first time in all of scripture here, Matt? Mm, matzah bread. Matzah. Matzah. This, this will be, Unleavened bread will be crucial in what? Passover, the Exodus. Let, let mm-hmm. me paint a scenario. Uh, a Why did God do things one way instead of another way? Why not just overthrow the Egyptians and let his people stay there? Because if they stayed there, they wouldn't be Israel. They would become Egypt. Mm. Fair? I mean, is that fair? Yeah, that is interesting. I've never thought um, about it that way. And so, uh, man, there, there's that whole component of Sodom of, man, you might you might become more of a local than you think, and you might have a hard time not looking back, and looking back could be disastrous. Eat a meal in a hurry and get out of there as quick as you can. Uh, so, mm. I don't know. I, th- I think that's, yeah, whether or not it's wrong, it's it's not wise. Um, right. And then also the importance in the heritage of faith and family is really what holds this together. Like what Lot has that's not been contaminated by um, by Sodom is the inheritance of faith that he's received. Yeah, and, and, and you know, we without going into all the individual traditions, we, we kind of walked through 
the the Jewish tradition is kind of divided on this. Some of them say it's only because of Abraham's intercession and God's favorable outlook toward Abraham that Lot is spared. Others are capturing that aspect where Abraham passes down his faith uh, to Lot, and and that's part of what helps Lot take the initiative in offering this hospitality, right? Mm. And, and again, it's not 10 righteous. Lot's the only one to respond this way. Um, mm. So, man, there's something to that. Well, well, good stuff. Well, next week, we're going to be moving on in the story. And next week, guess what? Gandalf will be back with us, unless providentially hindered. Uh, so we will move on in the story, and we'll take a closer look at the rest of what happens here in Sodom and uh, how it ties in with the grand narrative. So thank you. Thank you for giving us a few minutes for today. Had a little shorter episode today, but hey, that's not bad. Hey, and this is to uh, it. then uh, we're, we're showing is that Gandalf has officially been part of all the very longest episodes. <laughs> oh, that's right. And by the way, if you do have any questions you want to send us, have questions about Sodom or comments, you can always message us at betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. Or just tell Gandalf forward. how much you miss him. Oh, that's right. And we will see you next time. You guessed it. Shalom. Ten and a half seconds for me. About nine and a half for me.